Welcome to yet another episode of the Zest Wellness Podcast. On this episode, we get nice and personal for why one of our guests, Katie, is involved in a healthy lifestyle, why she advocates for it in the lives of others. We also go deep with our other guest, Charlie, about his work in Bermuda with CORE and with the Heart Association. We cover a number of different topics, and we also cover why we're doing this topic, and that's because February is heart month. At the beginning of these podcast episodes, we'd like to also mention for those who are with Premier Health, you can always enroll in our Zest Wellness platform powered by Virgin Pulse. How you do that exactly is you're going to go to joinzestwellness.com. When you go to this website, you'll be redirected and you will enroll as a sign up for our program. This program which can also be associated with a downloadable app, can help you track your healthy habits and compete in challenges with your colleagues. You can even add family and friends. Welcome to this episode of the Zest Wellness Podcast. Today, we are chatting with Corporate Wellness Coordinator from Bermuda. Katie Titterton, and the Marketing and Fundraising Manager for CORE in Bermuda, Mr. Charlie Doyle. Katie and Charlie, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks, Nate. Katie, we wouldn't even be having this chat in the first place if it wasn't for you and your, your passion to have Charlie on our podcast. So Katie, we're going to direct the, this first part of the conversation to you. And for everyone even listening right now, when they hear of, of you and your role with Colonial and implementing these wellness programs, why, why do you even care about health in the first place? Why, why, is, why is Katie Titterton interested in wellness and why is she trying to help others achieve a healthy lifestyle? Is there, is there a deep passion for you? Gosh, Nathan, that's a, a very broad question. Um, I think... I think ultimately, I, before this job, worked a different job in a different environment, um, and I didn't love it. And the only thing that kept me going every day was the gym and yoga. Um, and I started to realize the mental health benefits and physical benefits that living a healthy lifestyle can provide. So I began looking at options in turning that into a career. Um, and, you know, I quit my job with no plan. I went to Costa Rica to become a yoga teacher. I spent a year studying health and nutrition, and it led me here to this job where I'm living that life every single day. And tell us more about this yoga. Are you into specific types of yoga? Yeah. um, Yeah. So I actually brought, um, in conjunction with Windreach, another charity close to my heart, um, goat yoga to the island. So yoga with goats. Um, which was a lot of fun and 
you know, some great exposure. Um, but for me, I think the style of yoga that I most like to practice is the slower kind, um, yin yoga, just the kind that connects you to your breath and your body and your surroundings. Fantastic. And, and hopefully when, when others listen to that, it can, it can resonate with them and really help them appreciate the work that you're doing and how you're trying to help others achieve this lifestyle as well. Um, and now, of course, we also have the one and only Charlie, uh, Charlie Doyle on our call. And Charlie, with your work, how would you sum up your work maybe in one sentence? Is that possible? Or, or are you such a, a crazy man that you need a whole paragraph to sum up your work and your, and your, and your involvement? Oh, you're really testing my improvisation skills. <laughs> Let me think. I help to save lives. Charlie, can you actually... I'm, bl I'm blown away. Can you actually even just say that again and just really just, I, I love that. Just say that again and hopefully that, that can really uh, uh, hit home with people. I'm going I'm to turn up the passion. I help to save lives. And tell us more. How, how do you do this? How do you guys do this? How, how, so, can, how can we learn from you? So essentially in my role, as the marketing and fundraising manager for Core Heart Health Center and the Bermuda Heart Foundation, the two organizations are they're uh, related to each other in that the Bermuda Heart Foundation is the charitable arm, and then Core is the direct action arm, where we actually put the educational things that we teach through the Heart Foundation into practice. So, for the Bermuda Heart Foundation, we do. Um, public and corporate health screenings where I will take my little suitcase around to, you know, like grocery stores or um, corporate offices, set up a table full of heart health literature and a blood pressure screener, and then flag people down as they're coming through the checkout and be like, ma'am, sir, would you like your blood pressure taken today? And 90% of the time they're like, yes, I will. Sometimes they give me a bad look and they walk away, but um, they'll sit down, they'll take their pressure, and if it happens to be high, which it is in a lot of the cases here, we have a lot of hypertension on the island, um, I will tell them what it's supposed to be and if it's and how they can kind of regulate it. And if it's dangerously high, we will um, I will very calmly, as not to scare them, I will direct them and say, you should go see your health, your uh, GP, or go to the emergency room. Um, so literally, literally, Nathan, I save lives. I don't actually know. You never know if the people actually end up going. Uh, we do have a protocol where if it is dangerously high, we will ask them permission to call their doctor and just give their doctor a reminder call to um, say, hey, this person had a particularly high reading if you wanted to reach out uh, to them. Um, as for core, the marketing side of that for me, we are a cardiac prevention center, which is designed for anyone who is at risk of heart disease with any one or more factors. Now, that can be hypertension, high cholesterol, um, obesity, stress, chronic stress, not just everyday stress, um, family history of heart disease, pre-diabetes, diabetes. If you fall into any one or more of those categories, then you will qualify for the core program and that will get you covered by insurance. So like the good folks at Colonial here will uh, pay for the program and BFNM and Argus, which are the other two, um, not sure if I'm allowed to say their names on a colonial sponsored podcast, but I just did. So we can't take that back. But um, basically, we are the first program like this in the world. We are the first primary prevention program that is covered by insurance. Um, 
which that I believe you had Simone on the podcast last year, and this was all her um, dream, which became a reality, and she fought very, very hard to make it happen. So that's fantastic, Charlie. Thank you for sharing. And so for the remainder of the conversation, we'll dive deeper into your work um, and, and how, how Katie's work, essentially how you guys are, are almost one big team in the sense you're, you're, you're both trying to save lives um, and improve the quality of life of others. So Charlie, to go right back to you right now, mm. if I'm someone who I see you, I see a screening and mm. you ask me, okay, uh, Mr. or Miss, you know, I can take your blood pressure right now. Mm-hmm. How, how much of my time do I have to give to you? Am I giving you an hour of my time for blood pressure? Am I giving you a minute of my time? Like what, how long does this whole blood pressure thing take that, you, that you're speaking about? Well, the, the machine that we use, the portable one, I'd say it takes between 30 seconds and a minute per person. Um, it depends. Some, for some people, it takes longer, and every once in a while, there's a misreading, so you have to do it again. It's, it, you know, the machines, any blood pressure machine can be temperamental, but um, yeah, about 30 seconds to a minute, I'd say. Okay. So you're not necessarily telling people, hey, we're going we're gonna to assess you for a, a day and a half or a day, and we're going to take four hours out of your life. You're saying, you know, essentially on the spot right now, we can get you yeah. serious health information, and, not, and it's yeah. not a huge time commitment by any means. Not at all. Exactly. Because, um, you know, people have short attention spans nowadays. And so four hours, they would be asking a little bit much of any one of the God's creatures on here on Earth. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and Katie, as well, with you, you've, of course, experienced health screenings before without disclosing anyone's name or, or organization or anything like that. Can you share maybe some some positive words you might have heard others say about screenings and just how powerful these screenings can be towards some someone's health. Maybe someone's kind of taken you aside and specifically said, thank you. Maybe you've heard of someone who said, Hey, because this screening, I changed an aspect of my life. Is there any kind of little, little uh, piece of experience you can share with us? Yeah. So I actually have two, um, two stories. Uh, the first one being, um, at a corporate client screening, um, end of day two, completely finished, and someone you know peeked their head in and said, "You know, I didn't sign up, but can I do the screening? I was too nervous to sign up." So of course we said, "Come in." Um, you know, of course we'll do this for you. Um, our screenings are about twenty minutes. Um, we do a body composition, blood pressure, um, blood sugars, um, and then you have a consultation with myself and the nurse. And this person. Um, their health was not ideal. Um, and we did describe this to them and gave them some tips on how to move forward. And they were just in such utter shock and relief to hear it that they sat and were in tears essentially the whole time. And it was the hardest consultation I've ever done. Um, this person was so brave to come in and do this, you know, to, to come and face their health and their, their issues. Um, and it was obviously hard to hear and they sat through it all. They thanked us and I can't wait to get back there next year and see how they're doing. Um, so that one was particularly emotional. Um, but we've also had another, at another client company, um, we did a blood pressure test and this person had a particularly high blood pressure. So the nurse and myself recommended that she call her GP immediately. Um, they did, and we got an email the next day to say that this person had been taken off work because their blood pressure was so high. Um, they were extremely stressed out, and they had been taken off work for the rest of the week. So 
So who knows what would have happened if they had stayed at the office, if they had continued in their high stress job. Extremely powerful um, stories and, and, and just like, it really goes to show you that these small, uh, there's a quote that's uh, tiny hinges swing big doors. Um, and just mm. tiny changes and how powerful it can be towards yeah. someone. Um, oh and God. of course, you like that one, don't you, Charlie? Well, no, like, no, no the, reason, the reason I think is because that is actually one of the, we, uh, sorry to interject, but the um, core program is, has these five um, key tenets, and one of them is small changes lead to great victories. You stack your changes. So instead of viewing success as a, say, ladder, View it more as a house or a building blocks where if you climb a ladder to success and the ladder falls over, you're more likely to be discouraged because you have to climb all the way back up. Whereas if you think, picture a set of building blocks and you just stack them and stack them, it's called stacking. It's like a real thing. And then if a few of the blocks fall down, that's fine. Maybe it's a little setback, but you just view it like that. And um, small changes lead to what I like to call great victories. That's a great analogy. Yes. And, and this whole conversation is based on, of course, um, you know, being proactive in prevention. And Charlie mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, you mentioned the term primary prevention. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for someone who's listening right now, and that's maybe their first time hearing that word, <coughs> primary prevention. Can you clarify what that word means and, and, and just why, why you chose that word in the first place? Why that, that is a word that people should really uh, zone in on and, and listen to? You know what? Not only can I do that. But I will. So <laughs> basically, people um, people tend to view their health, just in my experience, even only being there for about a year and a bit. Um, they only want to deal with their health once a problem has, you know, become a problem. So like if you live a sedentary lifestyle and, you know, just eat bad and then eventually you have a heart attack, then you're going to be a rehab patient, which is what the vast majority um, of people are with cardiac um but primary prevention we specify primary because you should what what one thing someone says is why fight disease when you can prevent it so they can kind of all be summed up in that in that there's loads of research that proves that if you just put a little if you treat your health as though it's like a bank that's i like this i'm all about the analogies today man you treat your health like you invest in your health and it will pay dividends in the form of a longer healthier life i mean you can't choose whether you get hit by a bus like i'm not going to say um, you know, but if you don't get hit by a bus, then you are just ensuring a longer or a longer, healthier, better quality of life overall. So primary prevention, it just basically means we're trying to get people to change the way they think about their health and to make these investments in their quote unquote health bank. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of it. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yes. Um, to to we'll move on to our next topic momentarily here, but to sum all of this up in terms of small changes really do matter mm-hmm. and being proactive. Um, another kind of keyword to throw out there are are habits. And so, Katie, um, you work a lot with helping others develop healthy habits, and you work specifically with our Virgin Pulse platform for healthy habits. So, can you explain to everyone just if they were to go onto the Virgin Pulse platform and they saw these healthy habits, what are these healthy habits all about? And how they how do they even are they clicking? Are they are they saying if they did these healthy habits, is someone watching over their shoulder? Like what are these healthy habits that mm-hmm. that you are using with with the app? 
So with our Virgin Pulse app, our Zest app powered by Virgin Pulse, we have these things called healthy habits. Um, and there's several different categories. You can choose what you um, want to work on, what your, your health goal is. Um, so it can be financial wellness, um, sleeping better, it can be dietary, um, getting more exercise, contributing to your community. Um, and these are just small, like yes or no type questions. Um, so my favorite example of this is I'm kind of a shy person. So when I started my job here at Colonial, I set one of my trackers to be, did you start a conversation with a coworker today? And every day when I went to go track that, I'd be like, all right, time to get up and go to the water cooler and go chat to someone new. Um, so it's like the whole, the whole circle of wellness. It's, it's not just diet and exercise. It is those things as well. But it is these small little things that you do every single day. Um, and the beauty of the Virgin Pulse program is that you're being reminded to track those things every day. Um, so right now I've got, was half of your dinner plate vegetables? Did you get enough sleep last night? Did you take three deep breaths when you felt stressed out? So it's, it's, it really fits what your needs are um, with your wellness goal. Awesome. Thanks, Katie. You're welcome, Nate. And so we're going to go back to our favorite man, Charlie, here. And no, Charlie, gee, you're, gee whiz, you're making me blush. <laughs> what we want to get out of you now is that we know how, how, how busy you guys are with your work and how you're always, you're always trying to invest in the latest equipment and really service others. So over the past few months, have you guys got any sort of new equipment that people can use? Or what can we expect if we were to actually walk in your facility? Well, you know what? I'm glad you asked because there's an answer. So we have this, um, Katie mentioned uh, body um, tracking machine or um, body composition machine earlier. And we actually at the core center just got one about mm, five months ago, let's say now. It's um, the brand is called Body Tracks, B-O-D-R-T-R-A-X. And it's quite cool because the amount of detail it gives you about your internal makeup is actually quite alarming um, and very interesting. So Basically, you get your fat mass, you get your muscle mass, you get your bone density, you get your water content, both intracellular and extracellular. So basically the water that you drank at the sitting there and water that's distributed throughout your cells. Um, it also tells you your basal metabolic rate, which is the amount of calories that you burn in one given day at rest. So that would be if you were just a lazy bum and lay in your bed all day, you would still burn the amount of calories in your basal metabolic rate. It tells you your heart slash body age. So basically how well you take care of yourself. Um, like I'm 33 and if I've had a particularly healthy few days where I've killed at the gym and not, you know, um, eating crap, um, then it'll sometimes say your body age is 31. And I'm like, Oh wow. Time travel is possible. <laughs> um, but it also, what's really cool is it tells you exactly how much, um, muscle is in each area of your body. So I'm left-handed. And so I just naturally assumed that my left arm was going to be stronger. It turns out that was not the case. My right arm was stronger, which was very interesting. Um, and there is a reason for that. Uh, apparently your non-dominant hand tends to be the stronger one because it's what you use to carry things around. Whereas anyway, that, that's a whole nother kettle of fish. Interesting. Yeah. Very that's much very so. Cool. So yeah. And this machine is very cool. Um, you just step on it like you would body composition machine. It's got these metal pr um, probes, what do you want, electrodes 
Uh, so you have to take your uh, shoes and socks off, and then you grip the handle grips. It sends a electrical pulse through your body, which doesn't hurt at all. You don't feel anything. Um, and yeah, it just gives you, it just has the like history of your body. Just, it's very, very interesting. It's quite cool. Fantastic. Mm. And, you know, sometimes, of course, talk is cheap. And when we could talk all about, um, you know, theory and whatnot, and why this stuff's mm. important, but it's another thing to actually be practical and take action. Mm. So yeah. as far as the, the association and, and core, the classes that you guys provide, can you speak on that as well? And just, uh, you know, you guys, even if it's, if it's cooking classes that are being yeah. offered, but if you can just kind of uh, share with everyone what that's all about and how exactly they would even sign up in the first place. Well, I am glad you asked because the classes, the healthy lifestyle classes are arguably, oh, in my opinion, at the very least, the most important part of the overall core program because those are the things that teach you the long-term habitual changes that you will need to make um, to modify your lifestyle in a way that will last. Um, we don't believe in diets. We don't like the word diets, an evil, naughty word. Um, <laughs> and um, so basically... The classes are stress management, pretty self-explanatory. One of them is called Educated People Make Educated Decisions, which is basically a fancy way of saying advanced label reading. Um, you know, most people kind of, when they read the nutrition facts on something, they kind of tend to focus on, if at all, the fat, sugar, um, protein, carbohydrates, and then kind of leave it at that. But certain risk factors for heart disease kind of may necessitate that you look a little bit deeper at what you're eating. Um, so that's educate people. Then there are there's the healthy cooking class, um, which again is self-explanatory, but it's quite cool. It's very interactive. We have a little kitchenette in the gym area, of course, so we just set up, and we always tell people to arrive there hungry because it's a lot of food. Um, and we just kind of bust the myth that healthy eating has to be um, expensive because it doesn't. Um, for example, one thing that Simone taught me, which was it kind of blew my mind because I'd never thought about it before. She's like, buy frozen vegetables instead of fresh produce. I'm like, can you explain? She said, yes. Bermuda is an island in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the Atlantic. So every little piece of fruit and vegetable that comes here comes on a gigantic tanker. Uh, let's say like, yeah, I had a cauliflower that was grown in California. It's trucked across the country, trucked in across the USA like a head of cauliflower should, and just gets, <laughs> I don't know what I mean by that, but then it gets to the East Coast. And then it goes on the uh, gigantic barge, which is called the Oleander. And it takes two more days. So by the time that that kind of cauliflower um, reaches the supermarket uh, shelves, it's lost a lot of its nutritional value. But they're still charging like, God, I was in there the other day. It's like $10 for a head of cauliflower. It's absolutely insane. It's insanity. Anyway, whereas frozen vegetables are flash frozen at the factories and ships down here. And so they retain their nutritional value and they're cheaper. So just little things like that are what the, uh, that class teaches. Um, another one. What's the next one? Oh, understanding health. Now, this is the one that I'm probably most familiar to speak on because I delivered this presentation to a corporate thing once. Basically, it's what I touched on earlier. Viewing. It's a class that teaches you how to, that you should view your health as mental, spiritual, and physical all working together. The example I use for this is: let's say you're hungry. I haven't had a, I don't know, I didn't eat breakfast today. I'm really hungry and I have to concentrate on something at work. I have a big project. When you're hungry, your brain is distracted and you can't concentrate as well. So that's your physical health affecting your mental health. Um, 
let's say you're anxious or nervous. Like I'm someone who suffers from anxiety and depression a little bit, and sometimes that can affect your appetite. So that's your mental health messing with your physical health. So we just kind of try to get people to look at health as being more than simply the absence of disease and trying to make it look like your health is you. It's your engine. It's what drives you. Um, and yeah. So there is one other class, I think. Like, can't tell what it is right now. It's on the top of my head. We'll come back to that one. I, I, this is, I say these five classes all the time, and I can't think of it right now. Yeah, that's fantastic, Charlie. Yes. You mentioned, and this might be very much new to others, but you're mentioning this connection between physical health and mental health, and you mm -hmm. mentioned stress management as well. Mm. And so even earlier, Katie mentioned how her background in yoga included mm. this keyword of, of, of breathing. Mm. So, Katie, are you, are you saying that if someone can really uh, – maybe control their control their life in terms of their mental health and their breathing that that could have a serious effect even on their heart health and if that's the case do you know uh is there maybe a breathing exercise people go through or a way we're breathing that's wrong um i think that every body reacts differently to everything um but as a general rule of thumb, um, slow, steady breathing does help to calm your nervous system um, as well as your heart rate. So my favorite is just close your eyes, three deep breaths, inhale through your mouth, exhale through your nose. That's it. And that helps to calm down your nervous system and help to slow your heart rate. Um, I think the only breathing that's wrong is hyperventilating. That's not a good one. Um, but just long, slow, steady inhales and exhales. Okay. So you, so to, to repeat that again, you mentioned just kind of pausing and mm -hmm. literally taking three deep breaths. Mm -hmm. that's, my, that's my quiet desk go-to. So if anybody Fantastic. hears me taking three deep breaths at my desk, something's going on. <laughs> yes. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, and, and even... For for you, Katie, um, Charlie mentioned this whole idea about heart health and, and and the classes and something that you have experience with is one of the survey tools from Zest Wellness called MyPulse. You just explained from a high level how you know someone's heart age could actually be different than their actual age. We don't want to go into too much detail by any means, but maybe just just emphasize the point how your heart age can in fact be different from your actual age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's lifestyle choices that you can make, um, such as drinking a lot of caffeine, alcohol, smoking, not exercising, um, the foods you eat, um, these can all increase, um, you know, your, your chances for getting heart disease, um, and thus increasing your heart age. So if you're just generally not taking care of your body, then, you know, you're putting yourself at risk. Um, and we have this great tool with Virgin Pulse. Um, you can take this health assessment and it will actually tell you your heart age. Which is pretty cool. Fantastic. Yes. And that's, you know, that, that might be, that might, uh, stuff like this isn't necessarily common sense to someone. So it's nice how we're kind of educating them and showing that there mm -hmm. are these different kind of tidbits of information, like something called your heart age that someone can really mm -hmm. hopefully, um, 
take action and then try to keep in mind for their life. So what we're going to do now is we're just going to shift gears to Charlie because of course, of course, February is heart month. And so Charlie, we want to make sure that don't, don't work too hard during heart month. Okay. I mean, you guys are going to be busy, but we want to make sure you don't work too hard. Um, but just tell us how's it been kind of the, the lead up up to heart month and what can you expect from you guys for heart month? Okay, so with the lead up to Heart Month, so last week slash weekend was one of the busiest weeks of my entire uh, work career, like in any job, but in a good way because it ultimately paid off. We had three major events. So our core is very blessed to be affiliated officially with New York Presbyterian Hospital, which is rated one of the very best hospitals on the entire east coast of the united states for cardiology as rated by u.s news and world report which is a publication that does a um it has this um these rankings for hospitals every single year and they consistently uh, make it to the top of the crop and so basically they came down a few of their specialists came down for two big well three big events but two of them were specifically to do at the hospital so the first one um, was a presentation on Friday, the 25th, so last about six days ago, um, about ADHD in children. And we had one of New York Presbyterian, aka NYP, I'm going to call it that just to abbreviate it from now on, um, one of their top child and adolescent psychiatry specialists came down to talk about ADHD, which is one of the most commonly diagnosed uh, mental disorders affecting children today. Um, it's estimated that between children and adults, there are roughly, I think it's 1,700 people in Bermuda that have ADHD, and that's out of a population of 60,000. So it's pretty significant if you think about it. Um, now, I will be very honest and upfront. I have ADHD myself. I am prescribed medication for it. So I found the prospect of this presentation very interesting, and it went really well. We had a full packed house at the Hamilton Princess Hotel, which is one of the big hotels with a lot of conference rooms in it. And we invited parents and teachers to come and attend. Um, and the teachers were able to use it to get professional development credit hours. So, you know, like just like in medicine, you need continuing medical education credits. Similar with teachers, like similar thing. Uh, it was very well received. He did a question and answer period. His name was Dr. Louisville Baptista. And he did a question and answer period afterwards where parents and teachers got to lay their concerns, questions to him about the condition. Great stuff. Woo! Next morning, we had a. I don't know why I did that. Next morning, we had a continuing medical education symposium, also at the hotel. Now, this was the biggie because we had doctors. We, our cardiologist, who comes to the core center once per month um, to see patients in Bermuda, is one of again the best cardiologists in the country and uh, the United States. And he gave a lecture on his area of expertise as cardiologist. And then we had a nephrologist um, come on, Dr. David Surer, um, and he gave a speech. And then we had an internal medicine specialist, Dr. Paul Lee. Um, oh, I don't think I said the cardiologist's name. It's Dr. Christopher Yabunda. And then Dr. Lorabelle Baptista, who gave the ADHD presentation the night before, also gave a um, speech on resilience, I believe. I wasn't there for that one. Um, but it was incredibly well-received. and. Medical professionals, aka doctors or nurses, stuff like that, had the opportunity to get four continuing medical education credits from attending the lecture, and then an additional eight, which they can unlock online afterwards, um, only if they can prove they attended the lecture. 
So they got an opportunity to get 12 credits total, which for a nurse or a doctor is a big deal. Because I, I, I don't trust my word 100% on this, but I think I heard someone say that's about like half of what you need in a given year. And that's in one day. Um, so yeah, that was incredible. And then um, we had the Butterfield and Ballast 5K run walk, and walk on Sunday morning, which is an annual event. It's one of the biggest 5K, if not the biggest, I believe, 5Ks in Bermuda. And it was a fundraiser for the Bermuda Heart Foundation. There were over 1,000 people participated in the race, which, again, for a population of 60,000 is pretty darn good. Um, and, yeah, so it was a very busy, very successful weekend. All three events went off without a hitch, and it was a lot of work, but it paid off. It was great. That was the lead-up. Heart Month, we got a bunch of stuff going on. Um, I'm going to be doing uh, some, med some health screenings, like similar to the ones that I was telling – well, no, exactly the same as the ones I was telling you before. I'm going to go to uh, the Marketplace, which is a supermarket here, the biggest chain in the island. I'm going to go to one of those every week, one of their locations scattered throughout the island and do the whole blood pressure saving lives thing. Um, and then we have a video game tournament fundraiser, which is kind of a cool idea um, to raise – Money, so you know, contestants will have to pay an entry fee and just raise money for us that way. We have a red tag day, which is tomorrow. So basically, we um, distribute a bunch of stickers to companies. We contact them, say, "Hey, we're raising money for our it's Heart Health Awareness Month. Um, would you mind taking these stickers and convincing your employees uh, to you know pay five bucks to wear one of the stickers all day and wear red, like it's like a wear red kind of uh, uh, dress down day, just in solidarity with Heart Health Awareness." So that's happening tomorrow. And that was our chat with Charlie and Katie. Such good information that was shared by the two of them. We talked about everything from what exactly we can expect from a health screening, why prevention is so important, the different features offered by the Zest Wellness platform in order to help someone achieve heart health, we talked about the connection between physical and mental health. We talked about Charlie's involvement with CORE and the Bermuda Heart Association, the equipment that CORE has, the classes that are offered. And of course, we had done this because February is always heart month. February is a time to invest in ourselves and always keep our health top of mind.